What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals from around the world. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. And today we continue our travels around the world to Saudi Arabia. And I'm excited to have with us as our guest, Naif bin Huayl, who's Executive General Manager at the Transport General Authority of Saudi Arabia. Naif, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Paul. I'm, I'm so happy to be with you. Great. Where are, you, where are we uh, talking to you at today? Are you in Riyadh? I am in Riyadh, yes, correct. Very good. And that's, the, that's your capital, right? It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, Riyadh is the capital of uh, Saudi Arabia. Very it's, good. Uh, the center of uh, the kingdom. And it's the largest city in, in the kingdom. Very good. Can you tell us some about population and give us just a general context for people who may not be familiar with Saudi Arabia itself, where it sits and all that kind of stuff? We have 35 million population. We have 13 districts around the kingdom. We have Mecca, Medina, the holy mosques in, in the kingdom. We're in the, in the middle of three con- continentals. So we have a strategic location as a kingdom that we want to leverage on. Later on, we'll elaborate. Very good. Uh, our, our youth is our, like, there, 70% of the population are under 35 years. Wow. So we have an ambitious plans to capitalize as well on developing human capital for, for all the vision objectives. Very good. And you are part of the national government, right? In your role there as general manager of the Transport General Authority? Correct. I am the executive general manager for safety and service in Transport General Authority, which regulates and supervises the transportation means in Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Very good. And, and the overall department has three different sectors, right? Tell us about those sectors, and then we'll dig into a little bit in your sector on the land transport. No issue. TGA has three main sectors that TGA regulates. Land transport, railway transport, and maritime transport. Mainly, we, we focus on moving goods and people. So this is the main man, the mandate across all sectors. Very good. <laughs> And tell us some about your division, the Land Transport Division. Land Transport has been a challenge since the beginning. TGA is a young entity, if we can say, it's 40 years old. And there are like many modes of of transport and land transport. There are trucks, buses, small cars, like small cars that carries uh, taxis, rent a car. So we we have uh, under our radar, around 21 modes that needs to be regulated from day one. And then the journey started and we, we know that there are, uh, there are a lot of people, needs to be a lot of service providers that we need to uh, regulate their operations, their uh, service of quality, their uh, standards of vehicles that they use. Uh, we need to assure or ensure a, a good active relationship between investors and the government authority. So that ended up with 
with a set of platforms that all the investors can use to uh, renew their uh, licenses, to register new cars, remove uh, cars from the surface, and also rely on uh, when they need to, to read or see the regulations, the new regulations and announcements. We believe that not enforcements, not only enforcements that uh, will add value, but awareness and education side by side with the investors will uh, add more value. That's good. So a lot of your responsibility is in, it sounds, is in regulating a lot of private operators that have different types of transportation in the kingdom. Correct. It was not, it was not structured as one big uh, operator that will operate concessions or uh, regions. However, now we're moving toward big operators, big companies. We're structuring the infrastructure that helps introduce new technologies and new, all the uh, e-cars and autonomous cars that can be introduced to the operation. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Is that part of, I, I know that you all have a 2030 vision. Do you want to tell us some about that and uh, how this all kind of rolls together into that? Correct. 2030 vision is everybody's objective. It's not the government only. It's uh, me as a government party and me as a citizen of the the country. We all have to wear this hat and proceed proceed toward the uh, objectives. TGA has many initiatives and projects that contributes in the vision. And we have set, we have accomplished many of many of them in 2020. We, in general, want to upgrade transport transportation surface in the in the various cities in the kingdom. In addition to contributing to develop the movements of economy and national nationalized industry, and also attract local and international invest, investors. In the transport industry. Main objectives that TGA orbit around is uh, making KSA uh, a global logistic hub and raising and promoting the quality of life, which we contribute in introducing a new technology and e- uh, smoothness operation done by the service providers. Very good. Tell us some about, so you're regulating them, but you also are involved in in helping to oversee some construction of some things, right? On bus and and metro and et cetera. Tell us anything you can about that, what you're actually moving forward with in in the mass transit world. Uh, Paul, we know the trend is going towards smart mobility. And our roadmap is, yes, we supervise and regulate, regulate and supervise the the current modes. However, we're Welcoming and, and we're welcoming and introduce, introducing a new technology to to have a bundle of technology of new technologies and, and like Uber and Kareem and, and autonomous uh, cars, e-cars. So we're conducting many studies throughout throughout the globe to find the new technology and introduce it to the market. One of the one of the things that we also uh, looking at is ensuring uh, competition between competitors. Okay. Uh, so we have to be keen and, uh, and careful that when we introduce any service that uh, all investors and other uh, services not get uh, impacted. That makes sense. Yeah, that's good. 
And you tell us a little bit about when you and I were talking recently about you have a high-speed rail some there between I think it was Mecca and Medina maybe, and just give us some of the uh, some of the infrastructure that's already in place there. Okay, this is very a very interesting part. When we say we want to be a logistic hub, a global logistic hub, we mean this because we already have Mecca Medina is the uh, destination of. Uh, around 1.7 Muslims around the, around the globe. We have to have all the easy access to Mecca and Medina. So we use, we use uh, trains, buses during these uh, seasons. Uh, nevertheless, the location of Saudi Arabia is a strategic location, let's say. It connects Africa, uh, Asia to Africa and Europe and we want to capitalize on this uh, location. So we're building uh, railways between, between the east and west of Saudi Arabia that will carry goods faster than ever. We're connecting GCC with the contribution of all GCC uh, countries, of course. We're connecting Mecca and Medina with a high-speed uh, railway that you mentioned that makes the journey of all the easier and smoother. So we have so many initiatives that also contribute in, in being a logistic hub in unbanning all the, all the bans, truck bans in the big cities. The traffic jam sometimes causes the traffic police to stop big trucks and big cars to enter the big cities. We're okay. working side by side with our colleagues to easy the access to big cities to smooth the transportation around the hour. Very good. It sounds like you are working as well on, so you've got Riyadh. What are the other kind of big cities? Mecca, Medina are your holy sites. Are there other big cities that you're working on connecting logistically and also with mass transportation? Of course, we have Damam in the east side of uh, the kingdom. We also have Jeddah in the west side of uh, very good. I also think it's interesting how many kind of private cars, taxis, and Ubers you have operating there. Tell us about that and your role in overseeing them. I mean, that's a major part of what you're doing, I'm sure. Paul, we're one of the leading countries in e-hailing services. We have we have around 800,000 cars on surface, and we also control them by, by technology. So we ensure the uh, entry of the driver and the car is uh, up to the standards and up to the uh, of the uh, security level that we uh, requires to make sure all the passengers are on the on a good hand or with a good hand so but we also uh, introduced the the monitoring screens that we monitor we monitor the operations for e-hailing by uh, Making sure this, all the all the hot spot zones are getting the needed surface per demand, okay. and also directing directing them to let's say a sudden season or sudden demand that we know we know notice during any interval of the day. Yeah, I think that's great. I've seen that in some other countries too, where you don't have taxi cabs just going around without knowledge of what's happening, but you're helping to guide them saying, we've got a big event over here. You should move a lot of your vehicles over there. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. This is the this, this called e-hailing in transport. Instead of going to the street, trying to stop a taxi, 
Now you can, uh, you probably know where you can buy by your phone, smartphone, ask for the service you want. That's great. Where uh, parts of the Western world are, are getting into that, actually being operated by public transit agencies, are calling it microtransit, where they can send, and, and it's not just one person at a time, sometimes it's shared rides. Are you all doing some of the shared rides where it's not just one person at a time? It is allowed. Uh, we're, uh, it is allowed by, by law. However, the behavior of passengers from country to country. Right. We, we, we don't want to impose services that are not adequate to, to a service or a value chain. Understood. However, we welcome everything. We put everything on, on surface so people can try it. And what really important to mention is that we're doing this sharing ride by buses. The metros and like almost to, to launch in Riyadh. The sharing, the bus sharing concept will help moving people near to the railway uh, stations. This is a part of uh, a master plan integrated services. So where bus and, and taxis and railways and metros are all connected, we uh, make it so efficient to the yeah, service. That integrated and pulling it all together is, uh, is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Before I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about your background and then end the, end the show talking about maybe the future, where you're at on things like, if you can talk about it, Hyperloop, vertical takeoff and landing, those kind of things that always get people excited, autonomous vehicles. But tell us just a little bit more about the bus infrastructure and the rail infrastructure in Saudi Arabia. Do you does the does the government run buses or it's just private contractors that do it and give us a lay of the land there we only at TGA we only regulate the services we don't operate we we have service providers and from the private sectors that work on on the licenses services right on bus routes we have a very successful story in Riyadh where we revamped the surface 2 years ago from old vehicles, unlicensed, to uh, a new brand, uh, new vehicles that operates in state. And we also have a uh, new BRT Riyadh that is in, in the pilot phase, as we speak, that goes around all the streets that are uh, main streets in, in Riyadh. Very good. So your BRT? Uh, come again, Paul. So, so you have a bus rapid transit system there in place in Riyadh? Yes. Very good. And we have uh, two, uh, two, uh, another two in Jeddah and Damam, and they're planning. We'll continue with Paul's interview with Mr. Naif bin Huel in just a second. But first, let's talk about what's coming up next week on Transit Unplugged. Hi, I'm Tris Hussey. I'm the producer here behind the scenes at Transit Unplugged. Next week, Paul interviews Stuart Mader of Vax Transit. And they talk about everything the transit industry has done to help get the country vaccinated. But the conversation doesn't stop there. Here's a little snippet of where the conversation went. And, and what do you see as the future of the health of the commuter train industry? You know, I think I think you bring up some great points, Paul. And I think that the future for the industry really looks a lot different than it did in 2019 when you know, in many ways, the focus was around, particularly for commuter rail and commuter bus, the nine to five peaks, the peak of the peak, uh, you know, jam-packed trains and buses, the, the, the local news calling it sardine cans. I think uh, 
those days are gone, at least for the foreseeable future. And I think there's some big opportunities that that creates for transit agencies. And uh, for example, what you just mentioned about, do we call it commuter rail anymore? I think arguably it's time to switch. It's It's been time to switch to regional rail because what that signals to people is that it's not just a service to go in and out Monday through Friday. Uh, and when you think about it, that provides better value to the customer. And never one to shy away from a little controversy. Stuart and Paul start talking about masks on public transit. You're really going to want to hear where that conversation goes. And now let's get back to the interview. Okay. Very good. And uh, is your, so we're recording this in, in early June. And uh, so where is the kingdom now in responding to COVID and how has that impacted your ridership and where is ridership now on your services? It was a crazy year, uh, Paul. We almost, we almost have a complete shutdown during the, the uh, lockdown. However, we, we made sure that goods are still uh, getting to the main place. We maneuvered a lot of regulations and, and bend a lot of uh, things to make sure all, all, everybody is contributing to, to overcome this, uh, this pandemic. Yani, we're, we're, we're happy that we, from what we accomplished, we did not experience any shortage in supply due to the contribution of all vehicles and transporting goods. Still technology, again, we say technology is a, a main asset in our uh, setup. So without, without technology, we could have we could have lose many of, of our success today. And on the public transportation side, has ridership started to come back up now that now that we're through the worst of it, hopefully, in the pandemic? Yes. We, uh, starting from June 2020, we, we noticed the ridership picked up uh, again from zero to, uh, to an acceptable level. Still, bus riders still were, there was like some limitations in, in, uh, in the capacity where people has to uh, be, like uh, buses has to be operate with 50% of capacity. Right. Uh, so that impacted the ridership of bus. However, now it's back to normal. Okay. Uh, everything is operating fine. That's good. So let's go back a little bit and tell us a little bit about yourself, Nate, and, and your background and how long you've been in this position, those kinds of things. I'm also new in this uh, industry. But I've, I've come from uh, a telecom uh, background. Okay. Uh, and uh, I see the contribution of, uh, of my experience is, is a, a great contribution as I'm familiar with the, all the um, technology needed to, to be inserted in the operation. That's great. Of course, you know. Uh, 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 I have 20 years of experience. 20 years? Yes. That's great. And you had a double major in college. Yes, I do. I have a major in majoring in MIS and uh, business development. I think that's a perfect background for what you're doing right now, because as you said, public transportation really now is turning. It's less about the equipment, the buses themselves. And it's really more about the technology, isn't it? Like how we're going into the future. Correct, Paul. Correct. The added value that we've seen, like our, let's say, one of the things that we're proud of today is the easiness of uh, interacting with our service providers because service providers 
are the, the main asset and the whole operation we do in Saudi Arabia. So we have created 10 platforms throughout our journey that resulted, resulted 11 billion transactions since the beginning. Wow. Yeah, it is. We have 193, 193 surfaces on those uh, platforms. Our e-hailing companies has done more than 300 million trips. So we, we moved a lot, like 25 million, 25 million people throughout three years through buses. And, and this is an accomplishment. And I said, I said, ridership in buses is a challenge because the mindset of people is not toward public transportation. Right. So we, we have, from day one, we had to change the mindset, try to promote the surface as, as beautiful as it is. And we're, we're getting there. I'm jumping from zero to 10% in ridership and public transportation is very hard. But when you get to 10, 10%, it gets easier. Yes. A tipping point where you start moving forward. Yeah. Let's talk about the future in our last few minutes together, Naif. You mentioned autonomous vehicles being tested there in the kingdom. I'm also interested, maybe tell us whatever you can about that, but also anything you can tell us about your movements in some of the more futuristic things that are becoming more science than fiction now, which are things like Hyperloop or vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. Anything you can tell us about what you're doing in those areas? Let me uh, just say something, uh, Paul. Uh, Like, yes, to be the future is important, but uh, but we're not going blindly. We're going strategically to the future. We're we're behind all the high-end technology. And from your platform now, I'm, I'm inviting everybody to, to invest in a green field in Saudi Arabia where, where we're looking for all the, all the surfaces that can contribute in, in the transportation setup. That's great. Uh, we have a goal to apply high-end class A technology and standards, and we are going to introduce or make a strong governance across all sectors. And we have a set of, uh, or a bundle of projects that will help us to gain this. As I mentioned, we encourage and welcome all uh, ideas in, in uh, technology, including Hyperloop, e-cars, autonomous. We've conducted so many uh, studies on autonomous cars and e-cars to mainly to to make sure that we're efficient we're contributing to an efficient environment and cost uh, efficient cost and also we have uh, a mainstream or a main pillar that we're developing human capital because we believe in people comes before anything else we believe that investing in, in uh, human capital comes before investing in anything. People comes before strategy, comes before uh, processes, comes before uh, technology. So we have, we created in 2020, we have initiated uh, a Saudi logistic academy. Through that, we need to invest in our, uh, our uh, people. And we want to also have a reliable layer of professional operation guys that will help us on the ground to apply high standards and high tech, whatever we are going to introduce. 
But without people, we're, we're, we're not going to do anything. That's great. I, I totally agree with that personally and support that. And always have felt like we need to put our people first. That comes before anything else. So I'm really happy to hear you say that. Where do you think, uh, as you look ahead over the next five years, final question, where do you see a public transportation going in Saudi Arabia? What's your vision and where you see it in five years? What do you hope to have accomplished? I see, I see Saudi Arabia mainly, let's say we can see metros moving people. I think we're going to have, or I believe that we're going to have people ridership increases a lot in all, all the sectors and means. I think that we are going to, have, to see Hyperloop. I think we are going to see trains connected GCC countries, people can travel. I think we can see goods coming from Asia, getting to uh, Europe in, uh, in much, much less time. Very good. That's a great vision. Thank you so much for being with us today. Naif, Executive General Manager at Transport General Authority in Saudi Arabia. I think you've shown us how the kingdom is moving forward in mass transportation, public transportation, putting people first, and then investing in the technology that's necessary to take us into the future. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Paul. And and I would love to, again, invite you to come and see uh, with your own eyes where, where we are later on. I'd, I'd love to do that. Hopefully we can take you up on that in the next year. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date with all the new episodes, you can get updates via email or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at transitunplugged.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>